All right, Faith Promise, how are we doing this weekend? Man, great to see you. I don't know that I've ever been more excited about a sermon series than what we were launching this weekend, Open House. It is just God is going to do just something unbelievable. I've literally been working, praying, meditating on this. Our creative team's been working for two years. And so you picked a great weekend. If you're a guest, if you're first time, you picked an unbelievable weekend to come and worship with us. Whatever campus you're at, we welcome you, whether you're all the way out in Campbell County or Anderson County or all the other way to Blunt County or North Knoxville. I've got some Blunt County folks in Pellissippi this weekend. Uh, Pellissippi, Internet, wherever you're at, welcome. Isn't it good to be in the house of God this weekend? Man. At the end of this month, things will be different. For thousands of people, people will be set free. If we could have a spiritual x-ray machine at the end of every service, at every campus, if we could put an x-ray, we would see chains that are going to be left at every altar. And, and, and God sets people free for a lot of reasons. Jesus came to set us free. He wants us, in, he wants us to reach our potential and wants us to have this great love relationship with him. He doesn't want us to walk in bondage. But one of the reasons he wants to set us free is because he wants to use us to a greater level. And as God sets us free, as the army of God called Faith Promise walks in greater freedom, walks in greater liberty, we're going to see the greatest things we have ever seen. I believe the best is yet to come. Y'all believe that? Anybody with that? So, going to be used to a greater degree, and really, we're going to take the Word of God like we never have before. We're going to let the hammer down on hell. What we're going to do, we're going to expose things. We're going to talk about some difficult things. Holy God, would you open our eyes? Would you give us rhema and revelation? God, we, we have denominational blinders, and we have paradigm blinders, and we have our, our history and our past and church blinders. In the name of Jesus, would you open our eyes that we might walk in the freedom, Lord Jesus, that you bought us on the cross. So God, breathe in every campus. Move as we open the word. Expose us to you and expose us what the enemy's trying to do to us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be accepted from thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. We call this series Open House for this reason. Many of us, without realizing it, have left our doors wide open for hell to enter. We've given the enemy access, even though over and over and over the scripture warns us not to give the devil a foothold, to pray a hedge around our home or a hedge around our families, a hedge around our marriages. We, 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 we know it, we see it, and yet because we get comfortable and we forget about it and we don't have our spiritual antenna up, man, we see great fallout. John 10.10, Jesus said that the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to what? To destroy, but I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, we've all watched that warfare on the natural side. We see it every day. We just don't realize what's going on. We see demonic attack, and yet we don't label it. We don't realize. We don't recognize. We, we don't see that. We see the collateral damage. We see death. We see divorce. We've seen small groups fall apart. We've seen people come and get excited about God only to be sucked away from the house of God and the people of God. 
We've seen churches split. We've seen denominations fall. We've watched, we've, we just watch things in, in our lives and the people that we know. And then around the world, as you watch what's going on in Israel and Gaza, and then you see what's happening around the world, we can see the natural side. But so much of it is collateral damage from the spiritual warfare that is raging over us. Y'all believe that? Man, it's just, the scripture is so clear. So we want to unmask the enemy. We want to expose us so that we can truly walk in the freedom that Jesus bought for us. Our theme verse is John chapter 8, verse 36. And we're going to, this is where we're going to come out of. This is where we're going to dive into. It's where we're going to spend Jesus. And so if this said this, so if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. If the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Great memory verse in the next four weeks. It's a life-transforming verse. It's going to be a life-transforming series. People's marriages are going to be restored. Lives are going to be changed. People are going to be saved. We will never, no, never be the same. We're warned in Ephesians to stand against the schemes or the wiles or the ploys of the enemy. So we're going to talk about, we're going to, it's going to talk about how the enemy works. We're going to talk about bondage because a lot of believers are in bondage. Would you all agree with that? They're, 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 in, they're in bondage to, to one thing or another. We, we, we see it all over. We try to, we try to hide it, but that's what, we want, that's what we want to do. We want to, we want to see it because believers are, are affected. Let me ask you a question. If you're listening, Sam, do, most, do you believe most believers will experience all the fullness and freedom that God wants us to experience? No. And this is going to be part, just part, not all the whole reason, but it's going to be part of the reason. So I want to encourage you to take notes. I want to encourage you to, to dive in because like Jesus said, so if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Indeed means this, point of fact, in opposition to a fake or false freedom. Because let me tell you what we do. People come to church Everybody smiles, we sing, we dance a little bit, we raise our hands, we, 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 we drink coffee together, and we all walk in and we look like everything's great, don't we? See, that's not freedom indeed. Indeed is the freedom that Jesus wants us to walk in. If the Son makes you free, if, if, if the Son makes you, so who makes you free? The son. The th- there's three words that are the same words three times. It's, it says that makes and free and free are the same word. Makes, free, and free. Same words used three times, which means to cease to be a slave or to set at liberty from the dominion of sin or bondage. So if the son makes you free, you will be free from the dominion of sin and the bondage that the enemy wants to bring you into. Now, a lot of people going to, they're going to be in church this weekend. A lot of folks are in bondage. Now, a lot of folks don't realize that. Would y'all agree with that? In bondage, don't know it. A lot of people say, oh, wait, but I don't believe in that bondage stuff. I don't believe that. Listen, as long as you've been lulled to sleep by Lucifer's lies, you will never be free. Is the Bible still true? John 8, 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so I, I, love, I, just, I love that whole chapter, this whole part of John chapter 8. So let's go, if you've got your copy of, of the Word of God, turn to the Gospel of Mark. 
chapter 5. We're going to read a, a rather lengthy passage of Scripture. If you've got your Bible, hold it up. Every campus, come on, hold them up. There we go. You need to bring your Bible. You need to take notes because you're going you're to want to tell somebody about this message at work Monday, and then you're going to say, what did he say? What verse was that? It was so good, and I can't remember. And so I want to challenge you. So let's, in Mark's gospel, chapter 5, verse 1, and they came to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gerasenes. When he got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. He had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one was able to bind him anymore, even with a chain, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains and gnashing himself with stones. Look, look at verse 6. Write, if you underline in your Bible, you ought to underline this. Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran. Not away from, but to him. He ran up and bowed before him. And shouting with a loud voice, he said, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? It amazes me that the religious people didn't know who we were who Jesus was, but the demons did. Isn't that crazy? The demons believe in the Bible more than we do. And so, and so what, uh, and shouting, what business do we have with each other, son of the most high God? I implore you, do not torment me. For he had been saying, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, what is your name? And he said to him, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he began to implore him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Now there was a large herd of swine feeding nearby on the mountains. The demons implored him, saying, send us into the swine so that we may enter them. Jesus gave them permission. He didn't eat uh, pork anyway. So it was easy for him. It hurts my, feel, hurts my feelings just thinking about this. But send him into the swine so that they may enter them. And Jesus gave them permission, and coming out of the unclean spirits, entered the swine, and the herd rushed down a steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were all drowned in the sea. The herdsmen ran away and reported in the city and in the country, and the people came to see what it, what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and observed the, uh, the man who had been demon-possessed, sitting down, clothed in his right mind, and, and the very man who had the legion, and they became very frightened. This is where they blow it. And those who had seen it described to them how it had happened. The demon-possessed man and about all the swine. And they began to implore him to leave the region. That's just stupid. That's what I've written in my Bible. Stupid. Stupid people. They're, they're begging Jesus to leave, who had just cast demons out of a man that nobody could handle. They should have seen something. And as he was getting the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed was imploring him that he might accompany him. And he did not let him, but he said to him, go to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis what great things Jesus had done to him, for everyone was amazed. By the way, Decapolis is not a city. It is a region of 10 cities. That's what Decapolis, Deca means, 10 cities that he begins to go preach in how awesome Jesus is. Now, I'm going to give you three thoughts as we lay a baseline for this series. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Number one, demons do exist. They say, well, of course, everybody knows that. No, actually, everybody doesn't know that. 96% of Americans believe in heaven and only 50% of Americans believe in hell. They learn about heaven from the Bible when the same heaven talks about hell, but they don't like that part. Amazing how we don't believe the part that we don't like. 
And so Jesus is the very first person who shows the power, the power over demons. The word is used 82 times in the Bible. In the Old Testament, we're going to talk about next weekend, uh, as, as Micah said at our campus, whoever opened up your campus probably said the same thing. Don't miss a message. If you're gone, get on the internet campus and don't miss one. Because we're going to talk about the demons in the Old Testament next weekend. But because the, the Bible is, is a progressive form of revelation, that means you know more than Abraham knew. You know more than Elijah knew. You know more than Elisha knew. Why? Because we have more revelation than they had. The Bible says the prophets long to see the things that you and I get to know about, but they did not. And so Jesus, when he was here, dealt with demons, always overpowered, never lost, always won. Let me just give you some verses. If you want to write these down, you can. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16. And my screen is black. Do we have a black screen? Ah, there we go. And when evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were ill. We're just going to roll through these. Next. Have I read that? Okay. It's me and not them, so nobody's getting fired yet. As they were going out, a mute and a demon-possessed man was brought to him. After the demon was cast out, the mute man spoke, and the crowds were amazed and were saying, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. And he appointed 12 so that they would be with him and that they could send, he could send them out to preach and to have authority to cast out demons. And they went out and preached that men should repent. And they were casting out many demons, and they were anointing with oil many sick people and were healing them. These signs will accompany those who have believed in my name. They will cast out demons. Over and over. If you've read the four Gospels, just over and over and over and over, we see Jesus dealing with demons. They're everywhere. C.S. Lewis, you guys know who C.S. Lewis is? wrote a great book called Screw. He wrote tons of great books, but I love the screw tape letters. But C.S. Lewis said this, Satan loves the skeptic and the superstitious alike. See, the skeptic says there are no demons, and the superstitious see a demon under every bush. Isn't that right? So some people are thinking, I don't even know why you're preaching on this. And I was thinking, thank God, he's finally getting to the good stuff. And so, again, what we want to talk about is how Jesus makes us free. And so, we're going to, again, we're going to deal with some tough topics, but, but we, we want to see what's going on. So, do we want to be set free? Now, if you want to be set free and you realize you have a stronghold, the first thing you've got to do is decide what, what is it. What, what am I dealing with? Because you, cannot, you can't disciple a demon. And you can't cast out your flesh. So is this a flesh issue? Is this a demonic stronghold issue? What is this that I'm I'm dealing with? So wait a minute, Pastor. Do I need discipleship or do I need deliverance? Yes. (laughs) Amen? Yes. Absolutely. That's what, that's what many of us, you know, we need, we need both sides of that. Again, if you don't believe in bondage, then you can't be made free. Now, this is what's happening. This is what's going on right now. Some of you, there's two responses happening across all of our campuses right now. Number one, whoo, maybe I can be set free after all these years. 
And others, it's fear. Oh no, could this really truly be me? So do demons exist? Number two, demons enter people. There's one. And did I say that out loud? I'm not going to look because I don't know who that was, and I've offended several people, and I'm sorry. It's a, number two, demons enter people. Now, there are lots of people that are saved at, at our campuses, a lot of believers. But this is the deal. Are you ready? There are a lot of believers that have a spirit of lust. There are a lot of believers that have a spirit of pride, a spirit of envy. There are believers who have a spirit of bitterness. There are believers who have all kind of issues that's going on, that, that, that we try to cover up, we try to act like it's okay, we try to do that. But, and people say, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm saved, so I don't have those things. Wrong. See, let me tell you what happened to me. I, you guys know my, I was a drug dealer and all that kind of stuff, and I got saved, and man, I got radically saved. Never got high again, never shot up dope again. You know, man, after an overdose, I give my heart to Jesus, and I'm completely and absolutely transformed. But there were still strongholds in my life. The greatest stronghold that I faced was a stronghold of a, a spirit of lust because I had been sexually abused as a little boy, because I had been sexually active since I was 11 years old. As an 11- and a 12-year-old boy, I was put in bed with, with women. And so I, 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 my mind is warped about sex and all that kind of stuff, and, and I was a whoremonger before I got saved, and then I got saved. And as I began to read the Bible, I'm, I'm struggling with my eyes, and I go to church, and I don't worship, but I'm checking out women, you know, and all the stuff is going on. I'm thinking, God, what is going on? I'm, I mean, I'm going crazy. And I'm reading the Bible, and then I realize I have a stronghold because 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says the weapons of our warfare are not, are not, they're not fleshy, they're not carnal, but they're divinely empowered to the pulling down of strongholds. And so, what I, man, I just claimed it. I pulled the stronghold down in the name of Jesus. And, and, and God delivered me from that. Now, okay, I pulled that demonic stronghold down by prayer. That didn't mean as a man I still didn't have two good eyes with 20-20 vision. So there had, to be a, there had to be a spiritual pulling down of the stronghold, and then there had to be a discipling. I disagreed with Job. I made a covenant with my eyes that I will not look upon a maid. And then I began to build barriers around me because as I got in the ministry and saw preachers falling morally, I said, that's not going to happen to me. So how can I make sure that never happens to me? Because anybody can step in a stupid, right? So how do I not step in a stupid? I can never be around women. Hard to be ha it's hard to have an affair when you're never alone with a woman. This last name is not Stevens. I'm alone with my wife. I'm alone with my daughter. And I, I don't think I ever have been, but I could be alone with my two daughters-in-laws. But, but, and they're, no, they're, all their name is Stevens. They're, they're family. But I don't counsel women. And people, women get mad and leave the church all the time. I got to see the pastor. He doesn't counsel women. We have counselors. He doesn't counsel women. And they say, we're leaving. Well, I'm sorry. He doesn't do that. You know, but years ago when I did, my assistant Gloria knew, never leave. I don't care if it's 3 in the morning. If there's a woman in my office, never leave me alone. Are you with me? I built barriers around because I didn't want to step in a stupid. 
And so there was a pulling out of a stronghold, and then there was a discipling. There were barriers. There were things that had to be built so the enemy could not have access because the stronghold is the room in your heart the devil owns the key to. So every time I would get victory, the devil would open that door, that spirit of lust, and would pour vile thoughts in my head and, man, just, just rob me of all my joy and peace and victory. And let me, let me tell you, can, can, let me just be real. There are, there, we'll have, man, 5,500 people this weekend. Many of you, your sex life is whacked because of the movies you watched, the pornography that you watched, the crap that you let into your mind. And you, you, you develop this fantasy world that's not real. It's not real. And, 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 and so you, we've, we've let the devil take this wonderful gift of sex. I don't know about y'all, but I'm for it. I got one man said amen. He's, I don't know what the rest of you guys are. You, come on. And so God gave us this gift, and we let the devil whack this gift. Does that make sense? And I'm too, man, if I, you young adults, listen, if I could beg you to stay pure until you got married, if I could beg you to leave the pornography alone, you would have such better sex when you get married. No, no, I'll be experienced. No, you'll be whacked. Are you with me? Listen, I'm just trying to help, I'm just trying to help you. So, so look, so look, amen, come on. Somebody give God praise in the house. In John chapter 10, look at look in John chapter 10, verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep but climbs in some other way, he's a thief and he's a robber. Thief and a robber. Thieves sneak in, don't they? And so the enemy is always looking to gain access to the sheep. Who's the sheep? We are. Said so the thief doesn't go in through the front door. He's always looking to climb over the fence to get underneath. The enemy's always looking. He said, but wait a minute now. Okay, hey, you know, I grew up, a Christian can't be possessed. And so I, I'll give you that. Does that mean that the enemy can't affect you? See, because we say a Christian can't be possessed, we ignore the enemy to our own peril. Actually, the, well, let me give you a better question, because if you look up in the Greek the word demon-possessed, a better translation is not demon-possession, but it is to be under the control or influence of. So can a Christian be under the control or the influence of a demonic spirit? Excuse me. Yes. Absolutely. He gains control, gains mastery. We're going to talk about next week how to close the door. You don't want to miss it. But, but so, so let's, let's be raw and real. I mean, let's, because we ne we're never going to get it if we don't, we don't get real. There are areas in almost every one of our lives that we can't get victory over. You've repented a thousand times. You've sworn to God you would never do it again. You felt guilty. You cried over it. You were, man, it was, you were so sorry that you did it. And, and, and then you just knew you'd never do it again. In a week, a month, three months later, boom, you're right back in it. Guilt and shame. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And guilt and shame cover you. Man, can, can I tell you what you're dealing with? You're dealing with a demonic stronghold. No, no, pastor. No, no, no. I'm dealing with a weakness. <laughs> no. Listen, you've been struggling for 20 years. You don't have a weakness. You have a demonic stronghold. And because you call it a weakness and won't deal with it, the devil always has access. 
Does that make sense? Are y'all okay? The doors are locked, so you can't leave. So. <laughs> he, if the Son makes you free, you'll be free indeed. And so 20 years, come on. The thief is always looking for another door to come in. Now, if you came to, you know, you're at church this weekend and, and you left your house and come to church, whatever campus you came to, and if, if you forgot and left the front door open, unlocked, or you left a window locked, and you got home and a thief was in your house, would the thief own your house? Excuse me? No, no. It's the same thing with the, demo, with the demonic influence. They don't, they don't own us, but they have influence because they're, they're looking. And people say, well, man, I just, I just need more willpower. You never have enough willpower to defeat the demonic. Does that, does that make sense? Man, the demoniac that we looked at in, Luke, in Mark chapter 5, that guy, there was no way that he could be set free. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11 tells us to expose expose. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even what? Expose them. And that's what we're doing. We're exposing them. Joel chapter 2 verse 9 says this, they rush on the city, they run in the walls, they climb into the house, they enter through the windows as a thief. They roll in. Luke 22 3 says, says this, and Satan entered into Judas who was called Iscariot belonging to the number of the twelve. It goes on in, 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 same, in the same book. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. Was Peter a believer? And Satan demanded permission. But I have prayed for you that your faith, for your faith that you may not fail, and that when once you have been turned again, strengthen your brothers. Now, let me give you just a little thought about a demonic stronghold. It's when you do something a same action that's out of your normal character. Now, Peter denied Jesus that night. Was that, was that Peter's normal MO to deny Jesus? Matter of fact, just an hour before, he drew a sword and was about to fight a hundred men for Jesus. And a couple hours later, little 14-year-old servant girl, hey, aren't you his follower? No, he denies him. What happens? And there's a stronghold that's entered into. We're going to talk about how that stronghold developed next weekend. But there's a, see, he did something that he wouldn't normally do. He denied Jesus. See, Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled, be controlled, be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come on, this is what we, this is what we got to do. <clears throat> A stronghold, doing things you wouldn't do. See, when you're under the influence, Peter was under the influence of the enemy and denied Jesus. Was he ashamed later that night? The Bible says he went and he wept bitterly. If I drank a bottle of Jack Daniels, would I be possessed? No, but I'd be under the control of that Jack Daniels, wouldn't I? You take pills, you're, under the, you're not possessed, but you're under the control of the influence of the pills or the medicine or whatever is going on. And so what we've done is we've opened the doors and windows of our home through pornography, through men, through greed, through the culture, through so many things that we've given the enemy access. Let me give you, so, so demons enter people. The third thing, are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Jesus can cast them out. In Luke chapter 10, verse 17, we see Jesus. 
The 70 returned. Now, he sent them out to preach. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Oh, I love that. Behold, I've given you authority to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and and nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. That's not the big deal. Rejoice that that your names are recorded in heaven. And that's the deal. And at every time, he rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit and said, I praise you, O Father, and of heaven and of earth. And what these guys who were under the, author, under the authority of Jesus had the authority of Jesus. So if you're under the influence of the Spirit of God, then you have the authority of the Son of God. Does that make sense? Now, this guy, Mark, man, he was in trouble, wasn't he? Legion. You know what, I mean? you know what a Roman legion, you know how many that is? 6,827. Six, I mean, 26, 6,826. There's a legion in here, 6,826. And so what, does, what, what, what happens in verse 6? And Jesus shows up, and he said, in seeing, verse 6, seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and he bowed down before him. Can I tell you? Are you ready? The devil can't keep you from the Son of God. If the devil could have kept anybody from Jesus, he could have kept this dude. 6,826 demons were no match for the Son of God. He sees Jesus and he puts it in B for boogeyman. He is running. And what does he do? He falls down at the feet of Jesus. It says in the book of James that if you will humble yourself before God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. So this is what we need to do. Are you ready? We need to run to Jesus. Don't walk. Don't pass go. Run to Jesus. Now, this is the deal. God is already dealing with thousands of people right now. He's already exposing. You're saying, wow, man, I hadn't heard some of the stuff or I didn't realize this. But what he's done is he's opened the door and said, hey, this is the area the pastor's talking about in your life. You already know what it is. And this is the deal. No more excuses. No more blaming your mom or your dad. Are your papa or your mama or that bad coach? No more. All our, the bands are coming back up at, on all of our campuses. You guys just, man, at all the campuses, make your way back up. And we're going we're gonna to roll into some, uh, some more very subdued worship. And this is what's going to happen. There are going to be people set free at every campus. So what we're going to do, I'm going to ask you to, we're raw and real, faith promise, Right? So this is the deal. In just a minute, when we begin to worship, there's going to be prayer team and campus pastors at every campus down front. This is what I want you to do. When we stand to worship, it doesn't matter what anybody else does. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. You ever ever felt like you needed to move an invitation, but you were waiting to see if somebody else would? I don't want to be first. The dude in Mark 5 saw Jesus and ran. So this is what I want to challenge you to do. When you, when you come down for prayer, I want you to be honest and real. The, the Bible says, confess your faults one to another. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, or woman. So once you come down and just be, hey, I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with anger. I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing with lust. I'm de- whatever you're dealing with. 
and say, this is my issue. And we're going we're gonna to believe, 2 Corinthians 10, that we're going to pull that stronghold down. Are you with me? Man, because in your mind, there's a, there's a door. The devil has the key to We're going to tear the door down. We're taking the key back. And then we're going to walk in victory. Are you with me? We're going to walk in victory. So and we, if you come down, don't leave. We, we all at Faith Promise stay to the end of the service. Come on. I know people try to beat folks out of some of our parking lots. It's okay. It's all right. The Methodists have already been to the Dairy Queen when we let out. And so just hang with us and just come down and say, this is my deal. I don't understand. I don't know how I got here. Do you think you might shock God? You think God might already know? Let's just confess it and let's believe God to pull down the strongholds. Amen? Campus pastor and prayer folks, if you guys would come forward, holy God, I come to you in the strong name of Jesus. God, with no wavering or wondering, with no hesitation, I believe that this holy moment was declared before the foundation of the earth. I believe, God, that you set us up for this, and you prepared us, you brought people to every campus for this message in this time. And now, God, by faith, we're going to respond. By faith, we're going to believe. And by faith, we are going to overcome the strongholds of the evil one. So, holy God, we ask you to move in great power. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said,